The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Due to the ongoing pandemic and to follow social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was pre-recorded over Skype. Good evening and welcome to Civil Politics here at the start of the Biden administration. I'm Michael Dow. I'm hosting tonight and I'm joined by Sue Timberlake. Hey there. And John Roberts producing us as always. Hey, hey guys, guess why yesterday was like an egg? Why was yesterday like an egg, Genre? Because it's over. <laughs> <laughs> I made that joke before. I will make it again. I do not care. It is hilarious. Thank God we are in a new administration. Everybody party. I love that joke. I may poach it. (laughs) Just make sure you don't overdo it. (laughs) (laughs) I like my eggs like I like my detectives. Hard boiled. Anyway. Um... (laughs) So uh, better than over easy. Right, exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So uh, before we get into that, I just want to say what I try to say at the start of every show. We love to hear from our listeners and we'd love it when you get in touch with us through, uh, well, there's lots of different ways. Email is civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. At civilpoliticsfm is how you tweet at us. And you can even find our community, facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio in Zuckerbergland, if you like. Uh, or you could go directly to our website, which is quite simply civilpoliticsradio.com with recordings of uh, this episode of the show and previous episodes and supplementals and whatnot. Uh, John, we just did a supplemental about Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. Is that up and running yet, or does that no, still need? No, I I have not been able to get to that. Just like last week, that is going okay. to be. It's actually a project, so um, yeah, everybody will be able to see it when when it's up. Okay, I'm <laughs> sorry I was playing a sousaphone through the whole thing. I realize now that that was wrong of me. <laughs> I mean, you have the sousaphone going. I I don't mind that. It's just the the theremin that really got to me. Um, <laughs> but the theremin's essential. <laughs> we'll talk about it off air. All right. Uh, I apologize. <laughs> are you guys really happy about what just happened in the inauguration? I mean, in the uh, election. Is that why you're so high spirited tonight? Uh, that, or I'm just happy to be talking to you guys. Cause I mean, you know, I'm heroin, but... well, <laughs> Ixnay on the e- illegal a Uggsdre. <laughs> um, I am, I am very happy about, uh, what is, who oh, I am. I am hopeful. Uh, I, I'm not going to say happy. I am hopeful yeah. for what is to come. Um, I, it will be, it will be better than yeah. i have no doubt it'll be better than we than what we've had um just looking at the first uh the first uh appointments that he's that he's had the executive orders that he's put put forth um 
the, Bernie Sanders is going to be chairing the budget the budget committee in the Senate. Like nice. this is this is going to be a new time. Who knows what's going to happen? And who knows um, what the Republicans, the Republican Party will do uh, in response? Are they going to go back to their old ways of just stymieing everything and just saying no without actually providing any any alternatives? Or are they actually going to try to work with their Democratic colleagues? Who knows? But It's going to be that first thing. But yes, who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Um, but who knows how, how strongly they'll do that, you know? Oh, that's true. I got to say, I'm, I am feeling, you, you ask, and, and to be serious, uh, I am feeling uh, 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 a bit ebullient. And uh, my mood was significantly improved uh, earlier this evening when I watched uh, the White House press briefing and the you know the ten minutes or so where Dr. Fauci came out and spoke, and just you could see like this weight had been lifted from him. <laughs> and there was a you know there was a moment where somebody asked him I can't I don't remember exactly what the question was now, but it was like hey I've got this question about this thing like a you know like a, uh, like the CDC made this announcement or something like that and what's going on with that because it seems to contradict this other thing can you explain it? And Dr. Fauci said like look. Uh, you know, one thing that's great about this new administration is they said, when you don't know, don't know. You don't have to speculate. So I don't know. I'll get back to you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I have, uh, like, oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. I, w- I wanted to I want to share your effervescence, um, maybe for a different reason. But, yeah, the daily press briefings and Fauci and and just being able to get some factoids because I'm nothing if not a policy wonk. So I have to I have to say that I do enjoy the fact that there's actually going to be data and information coming out. That's that's a good thing. So I'm just I'm trying to be civil, you know, like we are since I'm a Republican and my party just lost yeah. a lot of ground. So um but yeah, effervescent uh you know, interested to see what actually they're going to say and you know, tired of all the shouting. So that's good. That's yeah. a good thing. I just want to say that I'm linking uh, on this on the website and in the show notes for if you're listening on podcast. Um, the the first article that I'm linking the title the the headline is Doctor Fauci says he's he feels liberated to fe- to speak freely about silence risk of COVID COVID under Biden liberated S- science yeah. I presume not silence. No, he's 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 gonna um, do uh, sign language for his briefings it's gonna it's weird it's weird i know but it, it's there just, is you know, no limit to how cool that guy is <laughs> right but yeah science yes yeah <laughs> so it, someone is liberated yeah. they feel liberated to freely speak about their profession yeah we Yeesh. need him to speak freely about what's going on yes that's, that's like a very um, good thing we have a lot of uh of um executive orders that are that are really great um 17 on his first day his desk was piled high uh and uh, i, I can't wait them? for oh how did he sign them did anybody see what kind of pen he's going to use is he going to use the broad sharpie that's four four inches wide or he's going he to use a regular pen he's not going to use a marker He's going to use a pen because a Sharpie isn't a pen. It's a marker. <laughs> he's going to, yep. he's going to sign stuff like an adult. 
So that's nice. Yeah, we used to call that a magic marker. So, okay, yes. good. Just a regular pen. Yeah. If, so you can if, actually uh, see the executive order. Well, if, I, uh, if, uh, you know, I, I'm going to push back very slightly. Yeah. Trump was signing things like an adult, though his signature is weird. He was signing them, though, like an adult who's giving an autograph. Not an adult who's like mm. running a country and signing an official document so that it becomes law. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it's like he 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 could he would have done the same thing if someone had brought in like a like a jacket and it's like sign my jacket. Okay, here you go. You know, I don't I don't think Biden's going to do that. The thing that I'm really looking forward to, the thing that I that I'm I've just been really happy about is that uh, he'll be signing things with something that doesn't have a felt tip. Um, which is, and more, more importantly, when we listen to speeches, it's not going to be monotone. It's not yeah. going to be like this and like this and then, and then like this and then like this. So oh, very bad, very bad. But then, uh, he's going to talk like this and then uh, like he said, Trump sounded like he was a fourth grader reading a book report that he paid someone else to write. Yeah, that's well, you and know, that's not Biden, what a president should be like. So I'm really Biden, happy about Biden's, that. Biden's very authentic, but he also is a boring speaker. I have to say. I mean, I shouldn't admit it, but I tried to listen to the inauguration speech, and I heard a good part of it. I think, but I woke up at like two in the morning because I had pre-recorded it because I worked and I I couldn't listen to it firsthand. I have to say, Biden isn't the most exciting speaker. What he had to say was was good and good for the country, but but I you know he's not a you know I could listen to Bill Clinton. He was always entertaining. I I, I and, see what um, you mean, and I, and I agree. The mechanics, the 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 showmanship or or technical yeah. chops of Biden as a as a public speaker, eh, they're he's perfectly adequate. You know he 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 doesn't stink, but eh. I think Kamala Harris is better. She, you can I'll listen to her better. Yeah. She and has a, a very distinct size. Relaxed. Yeah. 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 Um, she emphasizes her words in, 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 in a way that not many other people do. Um, and has uh, pauses in her, in her speech that uh, to emphasize like not, and a lot of politicians have, you know, laugh laugh lines or uh, pod lines you know like i'm gonna read this people are gonna clap and i'm gonna do this um she has extra pauses that just to accentuate something in the middle of a sentence like after a phrase uh and it's it really it's really to spike a a point home uh, which is which I think is really interesting. It's like a really interesting way of of uh, of conveying your your point. I think she um, also, you know, she's like, I, I like I shouldn't clap during the speech. So it's like, pay attention to what I'm saying. No, I can't do that. All right, <laughs> use extra pauses. <laughs> Maybe the white folks yes. will get it then. <laughs> yeah, well, she's saying like, that. What is she oh, gonna sorry. say? I, I was just gonna say, yeah. Sometimes people do the um, the pause because it does. It makes you listen. It's like, mm -hmm. wait, and it, it takes it in a little bit. We're going to talk about something, I think, in a, in a minute or two, and we're going to do the same thing in it. We're going to get people to listen to it a little more carefully, given how you're going to put it in context. So, Yeah, the uh, well, Kam Kamala Harris, um, she, she speaks, 
and she wants to talk about something important. And she wants to make sure that you understand that what she is saying is very, very important and very, and you should pay attention to what, to this speech. You know, like that, that's those kind of Beautiful pauses. modeling. That was good modeling um, for us. Yes, that, that's just what she does. Thank yeah, you, Genre. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I, I like, I mean, I'm, uh, I like, uh audio like i like obviously i like audio stuff and uh more and more uh, as i've been editing podcasts and trying to to learn more like listening to to modes of speech and listening to and i welcome everybody to listen to like any politician and, and compare them to any other politician everybody has a signature style uh that and one of the things that you will see with a really, really good public speaker is that they take their style and they make it their own. And you can tell that that is who is speaking. I know when Mike is speaking, even if I hear a, a little bit of what he's saying, I know that's Mike. So... The so if you want to listen to some really good public speakers, you can listen to, um, or people that have really interesting styles. You can listen to um, Kamala Harris, uh, Barack Obama uh, patterned his uh, speaking style after a few um, after like uh, preachers in some ways. Um, Bill Clinton has a very uh, very interesting style. Biden is very plain spoken. He's just to the mm. point. He wants to he wants to say what he has to say. He has passion about what he says, but he doesn't really uh he's not he's not a showman. He's down. He doesn't he's, sell it. No, he's he doesn't want to he doesn't have to sell it. He's just like, this is what I'm saying, and it's very important. I feel it's very important. It makes it is important to me, but it's I want to make sure that everybody knows it and that everybody can agree with it because we are here together, you know. <laughs> I think about you, this stuff way too much. Um, think, anyway. uh, oh, I think that's Kamala, actually. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sue. I was just going to say, do you think Kamala Harris's style a little bit is unique because you know Jamaican plus you know India Indian sort of speech patterns that she picked up some of that from both, so she has a bit of the lilting and also the staccato, which she can you know she uses it. A little bit. So it's just a, you know, because she's kind of an, you know, has an international um, sort of speech pattern that she would have grown up with. Having, I think her dad is from Jamaica. Is that right? And her mom was from India. Uh, so. I, yeah, I think so. But um, I think it's honestly, it, it very, it's, to me, it sounded more um, American, uh, more AAV, um, more uh what you would hear from a black woman at, from California or Oakland. Um, I don't know. I, I, but I don't know. I, ha I didn't, I have never really heard a lot of uh, Jamaican overtones from her or undertones from her. Um, so, but you know, maybe I'm not an expert. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just thought I'd, I heard that a little bit and I have a, a ex who's, who's Welsh. And when she goes home, she's lived here for years. When she goes home, um, they all accuse her of having an American accent, but to <laughs> us, she sounds Welsh, you know, and it, 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 I guess I was 
sort of hearing that in her speech a little bit. But, you know, I might not say that if I didn't know that her, you know, her parents spoke different languages or had different speech patterns. Then, well, but California, yeah, California is a very open language, open speech pattern. So, I think it's also, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if she uh, uh, tried to uh, smooth out or, or or Americanize her accent and diction uh, because she wanted to pursue public office. And she's like, if yeah. I sound too Jamaican, that might well cost me votes and I won't get elected and so forth. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's if there's an element of, uh, I mean, her, her delivery always seems very controlled to me. So I, 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 I'm not saying it's not authentic or, 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 or genuine, uh, but I wouldn't be Practice. surprised if, yeah, if it's something that she has chosen to cultivate for many years, because she is someone who also wanted to achieve uh, a lot, you know, and has actually, you know, you know, uh, uh, you know, risen to high offices in the state of California and, and then in the, the U.S. Senate. And that was really only possible by being a compelling speaker. You know, if she were like meh, 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 you know like a mumbler or whatever you know she's not going to get by on you know if, if she were uh uh if she were Joe Biden I don't think she would have gotten uh as far as she did a lot of that's something that when going into public speaking um like in, in certain areas uh you you might hear that um you might hear a change in someone's or code switch in someone's voice, uh, like uh, when they're like a newscaster or something. Um, they more flatten out their voice, and there is like this homogenous sound that uh, that a lot of people take because you know if you have like an accent, especially if you quote unquote sound black, then uh, some people won't take you as seriously. Um. Oh, yeah. And people get rid of their regional accents like yes. our Boston accents. You know, you can you can use it in a particular scenario, but newscasters, politicians with national ambitions try to sound more open Midwestern. You know, as you said, the the um, they flatten some of the more they try ethnic to sound or more they try to sound white. That's regional. Do, yeah. <laughs> you regional. might you, you take a, like, a kind of the, the, the color out of your voice a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, you, you, it's you got to you got to do what you got to do, you know. They try to sound like me, you know. They try to sound like they're a northeast educated white dude. Mm, sometimes, yeah. I mean, that's not the only accent, but that is a lot of what I hear, mm. you know. And I, I remember, you know, <clears throat> 30 years ago, good god, when I was at university in England for a year, um I, you know, hung out with a you know, a bunch of different students, including a number of uh, students from other European, from European countries. And I particularly found that uh, uh, I, I remember like at one point, uh, a couple of German students I was hanging out with said, oh my God, Mike, you know, it's so much easier to talk to you than it is to the various British students because we can understand what you say. And I <laughs> said, I said, what do you mean? It's like, well, we're more used to hearing American accents and you know, particularly your style of accent and the way you enunciate your words 
is very familiar to us from, you know, news clippings and whatnot. Whereas, you know, like a, a bunch of British accents are just like, well, it's all right, isn't it, mate? And it's like, what? <laughs> it's like, I found them yeah. confusing and I'm a native English speaker. So like people who are like, yeah, I learned English in school. It's like, no. So yeah, yeah good Liverpool accent will really throw you. So yeah. Or New, New yeah, like Zealand or Australia. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I think like before we before we get to the half hour break, uh, I think we wanted to actually listen to Biden's what well, uh, as part of Biden's uh, inaugural inaugural speech. Excuse yes. me. Um, I just wanted to set this up uh, when I was watching the inaugural. Um, uh, I thought it was I thought it was really compelling. Um, I know that some people I know like one person I follow online was like, this was really boring. Sounds like a he said it sounded like a, a mandatory corporate meeting. <laughs> I don't know, but um, when I was listening to it, <laughs> the, terrible. Uh, I know, um, <laughs> Benjamin Bear. So the the Constitution says that Joe Biden became officially became president at twelve noon on the twentieth. Uh, he he got sworn in around eleven eleven fifty. And he started his speech as the clock ticked over to noon when he actually came into power. He actually had a really interesting phrase. Um, so I was hoping to play the basically the first minute of his presidency, if that's OK with you guys. So it's not the beginning of the speech. It's like right at 12 noon. Is that mm-hmm. it? That he started the speech before? Oh, yeah. interesting. Um, so if yeah, that's he, all right with he you. was sworn in about. You know, ten minutes before the actual official start of his term, because you know, yeah, it, it was like eleven fifty three or so, maybe eleven fifty two. So these are the first words of his presidency as yes. president. Yeah, this far, is the, yeah, right at twelve noon. Oh, yeah, well, far this away. Be good. Mm-hmm. All right, and we must meet this moment as the United States of America. If we do that. I guarantee you we will not fail. We have never, ever, ever, ever failed in America. We've acted together. And so today, at this time, in this place, let's start afresh, all of us. Let's begin to listen to one another again, hear one another, see one another, show respect to one another. Politics doesn't have to be a raging fire destroying everything in its path. Every disagreement doesn't have to be a cause for total war. And we must reject the culture in which facts themselves are manipulated and even manufactured. That's the first minute of his presidency. A good first minute. Yeah. It sets a tone. I'm hoping. Yeah. Uh, there are some things that I might disagree with in that, but the sentiment and the uh, and the call for for facts being important and uh, how we should manufacture them, I think, is is really really uh, something that I hope will be uh, something that they focus on. I think they will, but um, just something that we can all focus on. Uh, and the politics not having to, not having to be total war, uh, 
Sometimes they're gonna be. And I and you know, but they don't always have to um be a firestorm. We don't have to assassinate the other person's character. <laughs> it's like it, you know, sometimes people go ad hominem so easily, or at least they have in the you know, every every year for the last four or five years, it's just been awful. It's just been really really rough to try and have a conversation with folks who you disagree with, you know, on the, on the national stage and on the, on the local stage, you know, people have a really hard time. And I think it's partly all the fear and that people have had. It it is, uh, excuse me. It is great to, uh, have, uh, a, a, you know, a leader who starts off rather than talking about American carnage, uh, talking about how we need to hear one another and see one another. Uh, and, and that's, that is something we desperately need because a lot of the, uh, po- partisan political divisions in this country, uh, do seem to feature, uh, well, so, uh, on more than one occasion, I've 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 chatted with somebody who's you know more conservative than I, and you know I say something like you know Black Lives Matter, and they don't hear that as a simple statement that the lives of Black people they matter. They hear that as an attack on white people or a criticism of them or whatever. And you know, the, the not that those those sorts of, of sentiments wouldn't necessarily be wrong or inappropriate, uh, you know, in the right context. But, you know, that's the, the simple statement, black lives matter is not an attack. It is an affirmation and, and a reminder that we need to, you know, those of us who aren't black need to do a heck of a lot better. And that's, you know, that that's not an attack. That shouldn't have to be such a partisan and divisive sentiment. And I think that's because uh, for a lot of people, it's hard to hear uh, what black people are saying and, and, and take it seriously when they, when, you know, non-white folks talk about their lived experience and how sometimes it's really hard and the, the burdens they have to carry and the fears that they live with that, uh, you know, uh, prep school wasps like me don't necessarily uh, have to think about. So, but I, I, sorry, I would also actually add um, there certainly have been many criticisms of say the character of our former president uh, by me on this show. (laughs) Um, And I, I I agree that in the end, partisan carping and like, yeah, Trump is stupid. Trump is mean, you know, Trump is whatever. Like, you know, in the end, that that doesn't do a lot to, to fix problems. But when it's an accurate description, I think, you know, it's different than saying, you know, Obama's actually Kenyan. Obama's actually Muslim. You know, it's like, uh, those are lies, you know, Biden lost the election, you know, those are lies. And so the, the, I don't know, there, there's, there's a time and a place where, uh, uh, an ad hominem attack is, is just an accurate description of what's going on, you know, 
Donald Trump is a liar. He tells a lot of lies, for example. So, you know, though that that is partisan and inflammatory to call someone out on that. But when it's true, you kind of got to do it. I mean, I don't know. Don't you guys think or not? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, I, you, you have to call out um, falsehoods. Uh, you have to uh, stand firm if someone is being racist or something. You know, you have to do this. You have to do. But uh, there are times when uh, that won't help your case. Um, and there are some times when uh, it, there are times when you shouldn't care. In my opinion, you know, like I can, I, I like, I have the right to say that he's you know expletive and i say that you know and i full i full throat you'd say that it's but it's not like if i'm trying to convince someone of something then that's probably not the best way to go but you know there are times to tailor your uh your rhetoric to to who you're talking to and there are times that uh tailoring your rhetoric will actually be a disservice to what you're trying to do So I I um, listened also to the uh, Trump farewell speech, and I oh, that I'm was way too early this. in the morning for me. So kudos to you, Dan, <laughs> to make it the effort. No, no, I I, t- I taped everything. That's why I was trying to watch it at two o'clock in the morning because I I was working during the day. Oh. But so that of the nineteen things that he mentions that were what he considered his successes. I'm not going to mention any of them because I think that's for a different forum. But I just wanted to say, if I did start to list them, I imagine that both of you would argue with every single point. And yeah, I get what you're saying, genre, because once you start to do that, you know, there's not much further I can go with it. And let me just give you one example, because this, this one has got, you know, easy answers, but stock market, highest ever. Twice, you know, before the pandemic and then, you know, just recently. And, you know, for some people, that's a good thing. For some people, that's an example of a terrible thing. But it is kind of a fact. It did reach heights that it had never reached before. And so when somebody like me, a Republican, lists those things, if I do that in mixed company, I get attacked for it. And it does. It really prevents you from having any further discussion about any of the other 18 things that he listed. So it, it, I, it is really important. You know, we're trying to work on being civil and sticking to the facts and people get activated. They really do. When you say something like, you know, highest stock market ever, you know, there's a, there's a million points around that. And like I said, I'm not raising it to, to have the argument. I'm just saying that it's, uh, you know, any of these points, if I raised them, you guys would immediately raise counterpoints. And that's a hard way to have a discussion. This is actually something I think it'd be great to talk about. We are exactly at the halfway point of the show. So can we put a pin in that and play some PSAs, promos, and station IDs, and then maybe come back and talk about that some more? Or maybe maybe we're going to shift gears. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that during the break. But yeah, sure. right, right now, we uh, do need to... Uh, take our our brief mid-show pause. So uh, please keep listening to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio because we'll be right back. 
Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. You have the right to know. The right to know about culture. The right to know about the economy. The right to know about technology and to know about sports. You have the right to know about education and politics and the weather. You have the right to know what's happening abroad and in your backyard. But above all else, you have the right to know that this right is under attack and we must work to protect it. Because in order to be free, we must be informed. Understand the threats. Protectpressfreedom.org. Science is real from the Join me for Evidence-Based Radio, Friday nights from 6 to 7 p.m. to learn more about science and skepticism. You can email questions or topic requests to evidencebasedradio at gmail.com. That's Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP. 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael Dow, and I'm still talking with John Roberts and Sue Timberlake. And Sue, you actually had something you wanted to point out because uh, we were talking a bit during the break, and you mentioned something. Uh, you actually watched the uh, sort of the 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 actual post inaugural ceremony party. You know, the the fireworks and everything, uh, which I totally didn't bother to watch, so I didn't know anything about it, but. You uh you you said there were some uh, some cool moments. So uh, tell me tell tell us about those before we you know forget. Oh well, and I I watched it because it was on when I first got home from work because I got home late. So I sort of watched that live and then started replaying the tapes of the inauguration. Everything else that happened. But if people you know like music, which I think a lot of our listeners do, um, it just pay attention to the music that um, Trump had. For his event in the morning, you know, for what Biden had for his inauguration. But really, I wanted to talk about the celebration because they had a lot of different artists on. And it was, you know, very upbeat and very, you know, sunny and and um, sunsets and new light. And, you know, I shouldn't say hopey changey, but, you know, it was a, it was a very bright 
um, celebration. But there's a piece that Yo-Yo Ma did. Um, he's a famous cellist, as most of you know. And it was just a little instrumental piece. It's sort of in the beginning, maybe quarter of the celebration. And the opening bar to it, I believe, and I could be wrong on this, was the 2001 Space Odyssey, sort of that riff that comes when you uh, they open also, the movie. It's very also pretty. Spock Zarathustra, you know. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but this was a compilation. I think Yo-Yo Ma must have integrated the. You know, he he um, he didn't compose the music, but he integrated it into this little short instrumental. So they start with that for all you nerd folks. And then there was a piece and I didn't recognize all the music, but what I recognized was then Amazing Grace briefly. And then um, Amazing Grace would really speak to the church crowd and folks, the protesters. Um, Then Tis a Gift to Be Simple, which is a very simple melody that was integrated into this composition, which would speak to a lot of the, you know, waspy Protestant-y folks. And then I'm pretty sure, and I could be wrong, but um, somebody who's a a real follower of music, I thought there was a piece of uh, Stephen Foster music, which was a Southern composer and would have spoken to uh, sort of the Southern um, traditionalists. And I thought it was interesting in that Yo-Yo Ma created this piece to speak to all the factions in a way that wasn't um, confronting. It was just sort of familiar and warm and traditional, but something for all different sort of people. So if you get a chance to listen to it, I bet it's not more than two or three minutes, but I just, I was sitting there going, did I just hear that? And uh, very simple, very quick. And they went on to whatever the next artist with didn't talk about it or anything. So if you get a chance to listen to it, I think, if you like music, you really enjoy it. All right. So, cool. And cellos. cellos. Cellos nice anyway. So. Yeah. Our cellos are awesome. Yeah. I love cellos. Yeah. Oh, Stephen yeah. Foster's the guy who composed Dixie. Right. That's why the name yeah, was Yeah, but it wasn't Dixie. It was like Beautiful Dream or one of his other sort of more My old uh, traditional. Home. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of, you know, like I said, if you were from the South, it would sound familiar and, and comforting to you so and if you like nerd stuff you know hearing the opening to um 2001 space odyssey would speak to you so i thought how he integrated it you know remarkable noteworthy yeah i I agree i'm really surprised that that i'm really surprised that uh yo-yo ma uh really wanted to get the quaker uh vote in on that give to be simple thing um not and under and it, like we don't really think about the quaker uh the quaker electorate um and uh, i think it was really fit. smart for biden to really call out and try to bring them in because we know that they are really uh really really active uh in the in the protests and um i i can't go i can't keep going with this bit i just <laughs> In all, in all seriousness, and I think I've mentioned this before, uh, historically Quakers are, are, you know, uh, as a, as a religious group have probably had a better positive effect on the world than, than really any other religious grouping that I can think of because it was Quakers who, who basically decided and then spearheaded and, and did so much of the legwork in the global abolition of slavery. You know, like so what you're Quakers saying is like, Quakers are Antifa. Kind of, yeah. 
Hey. I mean, you know, <laughs> like, like, you know, Except for they're, from the they 18th century, they don't, but, you know, <laughs> they don't hit back. I can speak on behalf of half, half yes. my family. They don't, they don't carry, you know, they don't give you a shove back. Usually. Yeah. Remember, you don't have to be violent to be Antifa. You just have to be anti-fascist. Well, anyway, um, in that respect, all three of us are anti-fascist. I, mean, I know. <laughs> Welcome you to sure? the resistance, Sue. Oh. <laughs> if you, actually, if, Sue, if you were not anti-fascist, then you would not be on this program, right? <laughs> Unless you didn't know. Oh, oh my goodness! Quadruple agent. <laughs> you know, you know uh, the, what? What you just said, though, Sue, reminded me of something that, like, had occurred to me yesterday. I said, "Oh, I should write this down because it's a a neat little thing I want to say." And then, you know forgot but it just came back to me you well you because you mentioning you know Stephen foster and, and this whole sort of attempt to sort of bring people together um so one of the uh, joe biden's uh presidential campaign was justly criticized for you know some of the things it did and one of them was like the slogan build back better it's like okay i mean you know nice alliteration uh, you know i suppose it's a good sentiment but it's like eh, it's not exactly you know it's not exactly yes we can, you know, or don't stop thinking about tomorrow or whatever. But um, that was Bill Clinton's, right? Don't stop right. thinking about tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah, and that, that Fleetwood Mac played his inauguration and everything. So, um, but the uh, the the thing that that struck me is, uh, you know, two weeks before the inauguration, we had a group of of you know uh, angry uh angry right wingers uh at least some of whom are fascists and some of whom are you know white nationalists and racists and so forth you know like this this a, a bunch of deplorables uh <laughs> you mean like a whole basket of them could be hmm. bushel i don't know there's some yeah. some barrel i don't know uh, are you quoting that you're quoting hillary clinton now no we <laughs> would <is>. never <laughs> okay <laughs> but, so that you know they they uh you know they were trying to to stop the election and whatnot but just like one of the um the things about that is i think it's really helped sort of bring to the forefront for a moment and i hope it stays uh at the forefront of of our national consciousness that there we have a problem with uh racist violence with white supremacy with people who you know uh they, they, who, who will stop at very little, who are, you know, who are willing to uh, uh, attack the Capitol and beat and kill police officers de defending it to uh, try and get their way and overturn elections. If in, it has to in order to in order to save it, we had to destroy the Capitol in order to save it. That seems to be there. Yeah. The guy said in Vietnam, didn't they? We had to we had to wipe out the village in order, in order to, to save, save it from the yeah, communist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that, I, huh. I can't remember it, the context of that. Was it talking about Milai? Probably. Yes. Yep. Anyway, I mean, and uh, one of the other ones. There were yeah. two other ones, but yeah, yeah. Milai and, and, those, and those three villages. Anyway, so this is the 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 reason why I, I bring that up is it just struck me that another way of saying you want to build back better is you're calling for we need to do some reconstruction, and yeah. you know reconstruction. Oh, was a great idea after the Civil War, and it ultimately was a failed project. We, as a nation, as a society, failed 
to purge this country, purge our society of the racism, uh, the white supremacy, uh, the they weren't called fascists, but you know the fascist tactics of you know seize power through violence and you know do whatever you have to say whatever you have to to like you know uh, beat people into submission and get your way, and uh, you know we've paid the price for that since then as a as a country, uh, as a as a as a people, and the world has suffered for it as well, and uh, you know we we have to do better and. I hope we can get reconstruction right this time. And, you know, because we talked about how we wanted to set pivot to Biden's, uh, you know, uh, what he's done so far and his executive orders. And I think he's made a good start. But I just, it occurred to me, like, in that context, like, there is, there is more than just, well, we need to, you know, we need to fire the guy who was, you know, you know, playing solitaire on his computer all day instead of doing his job. Like, you know, the problem with... Trump and the Trump administration goes beyond the, you know, incompetence and not doing the job. It 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 goes to sort of the divisive uh, racism, and that was part of the what, what the clip that John replayed was calling out is saying like we gotta we gotta stop this we gotta come together, and we gotta you know beat the this uh, you know this call to darkness that just we just turfed out of office. I don't know. I did, I'm well, he did mention uh, white supremacy and the uh, and the fact that America keeps trying to get out from under its dark past, but hasn't been able to. Like he was very, he was very specific, um, and he did call out the the insurrectionists, the seditionists that attacked the the Capitol. Um, just two weeks ago, Jesus. Uh, anyway, um, we were going to talk about his, uh, his, he had 17, um, executive orders, uh, which, uh, really is going to set the tone for his presidency. I was just going to list them. So we all know what they are. If that, if that's all right with you guys. Uh, it, it, is it okay with you, Sue? Cause I didn't want to like, Oh yeah, you great. The, yeah, no. Okay. You want to move on? No. To that. uh, that's fine. <laughs> just, so uh, first one is start a hundred days masking challenge, which is asking uh, for a nationwide ma- face mask and social distancing mandate in federal buildings on federal lands and by federal employees and contractors. So this is actually saying if you are a federal employee, if you are on, if you are in a federal building, then you must wear a mask, which is, really good restructure restructure feudal doesn't it also uh, say no you can't fly uh, on a commercial plane if you aren't wearing a mask um not property i'm i'm reading a uh uh a a shortened version of of all right no so so i'm sorry please continue that's all right restructure federal government coordination to the covid19 uh pandemic obviously so that is uh trying to get ppe to people and trying to figure out how to uh, you know, put out the vaccinations, which apparently the Trump administration had no plan. They had no, uh, no, they had no plan to uh, put out the vac- the vaccinations, which is really great. Uh, rejoined the uh, WHO. Um, Who? Good thing. Yeah, thank you, Mike. Extend <laughs> eviction and foreclosure moratoriums until uh, at uh, until at least March. End of March or beginning of March? End of March, March thirty first. Okay, that's I just a good have start. to say, as a Republican, I feel bad for all the people that have these huge rent bills 
that while it's a moratorium, yeah, it's they, not they're going to owe all this money. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. I mean, it's tough on the landlords too, but oh my God, can you imagine the money that's building up that you will mm-hmm. owe if, depending on how it's handled? Anyway. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, there's going to be mass, massive, uh, massive amount of people that are going to be homeless at the end of this. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Unless we do the, something. Yeah, exactly. Continue the pause on student loan payments until September 30th. Good. Um, and he is he does still support a cancellation of, of $10,000 of student loans, which is good. Rejoin the Paris uh, Climate uh, Agreement, which uh, Ted Gruss is all, already all uh, upset about. End the Keystone XL pipeline and revoke oil and gas development at na- National Wildlife Monuments. Um, oh, is that going to be the wildlife in Alaska too? Do you know? Uh, yeah, the the thing is that Trump signed some contracts uh, or basically sold the rights, so it's Ugh. it's going to be yeah. hard to get get that not, to not happen. Basically, um, you can't null it. Yeah, so they're going to try to do something about that. Uh, actions to advance racial equity through the federal government. So incoming domestic hmm. policy advisor Susan Rice explained uh, he wants every federal agency to review equity in their programs and actions. Uh, so that's going to be really good. Um, the uh, okay, may I <laughs> I'll, I'll be posting this. Uh, count non-citizens in U.S. census in the U.S. census again, which is really interesting because the Trump administration the did not. Yeah, they <laughs> one the Yes, it's the law <laughs> Two, the Trump administration didn't actually uh, finish their homework. They didn't submit the, the numbers um, for the census because they kept going back and forth about uh, counting citizens uh, and non-citizens. So the numbers were never submitted to Congress. That means the Biden administration will have to finish it, which means they will probably just, you know, count them. And because it's all backed up, we will not have those numbers until the end of March because it takes five months to, to do all this. And they were late partially because of the pandemic, but still, um, Jerks. But they got okay. to reapportion all the Senate mm-hmm. and House seats. Yeah, so that's they, what they use it for. Yeah, that's going to be delayed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, strengthen oh. workplace discrimination protections based on, wait for it, sexual orientation and gender gender identity. Ah, so huh. trans rights or human rights? Yes. Um, and there was a hashtag on Twitter that that said uh, hashtag Biden erases women. It's just a bunch of old turfs being all mad about it, and I don't care. <laughs> um, the uh, by the way, the the contact form on the White House um, website uh, now asks for pronouns. Nice. Um, defend the Dreamers program from for undocumented young Americans. So DACA is still a thing and uh the muslim travel bans so uh he's going to unrestrict uh travel from like a bunch of muslim countries that you know asshole countries uh change trump's arrest priorities for uh, for ice uh which uh stop the border wall construction keep protections for a group of librarians in the country so librarians they were uh gonna get kicked out soon um, oh, from Liberia. 
For some yeah. reason, I thought oh, you were saying librarians. librarians. Not, li- not libertarians, <laughs> librarians from Liberia, which You're is not a country. Just library people. Oh, yeah, yeah the no, librarians. No, no, no. Um, we do need protections for librarians, though. Do uh, we do yeah, for life? Uh, freezing the last, the freezing the last minute Trump administration regulatory actions because Trump just signed a bunch of stuff. Um, Who doesn't like arsenic in their water? Come on, guys. I love arsenic. Um, And the last one is formulate executive branch branch ethics doctrine. So Mr. Biden wants wants every executive branch appointee to sign an ethics pledge. The pledge also demands federal employees promise to uphold the independence of the Department of Justice. That should be interesting. That that's certainly something that needs to happen. I do yeah. want to just I just want to jump on uh, one thing Trump did just before he left office was he rescinded the executive order he signed at the start of his term, which barred people who'd worked in his administration from lobbying the federal government for five years. He he tossed that out oh, just as he went out the door. Of course he did. Of course he did. He released the kraken. Oh, oh God, the kraken. <laughs> He's, he um, was like, man, you know what this swamp needs? It needs more water. <laughs> <laughs> Lobbyists, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, boy. So I will be posting this list. Um, I do want to say <laughs> – I, I, it's kind of, it's kind of funny and, and kind of not, but, um, I do want to say that, uh, there were a bunch of QAnon people that were waiting with bated breath for the massive amounts of arrests that were supposed to happen on Wednesday during the inaugural, because clearly Biden was going to get arrested and all of the Democrats were going to get arrested and Trump was going to be uh, installed as president again. That did not happen. And uh, this is – there will be an article from uh, the Daily Beast about this. That's not one of our normal websites. It's just – I just think it's funny because uh, they're like, are we – did we get tricked? Are we idiots? What's going on? Like what happened? You know, <laughs> we were told were to trust the plan. On, what happened? <laughs> were they waiting on the – on the roof in baskets for this I, to happen? I guess. But they, I mean, <laughs> an infestation of QAnon, I guess. You know, like that's that's yeah. their um, waiting but, on the roof in baskets. What? Bush, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a famous. That's a famous. Uh, somebody thought that God was coming back, and they were all on the roof. I think it was in the 1920s or 30s. Oh goodness! And people. People of the religion were waiting on their roofs and baskets to be taken up for the, the what is it called? I'm not religious, so the forgive rapture? me. Um, yeah, the rapture. Yeah, they oh, were. Wow. They, they. I thought yeah. you were making a basket so I, that, of deplorables joke again. <laughs> no, no. Uh, historical reference for which I have no uh, no facts, but it's a it's a it's a famous it's a famous event in the world of religion. So anyway, hey, yeah. off the cuff historical references, you know that you're not sure are actually true. That's my gig, Sue. Stay in your lane, okay? <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, um, I just want to say anybody with uh, that anybody that has uh, some relatives or something that have gone deep into QAnon that you've you know sidled away from, which I completely understand and I think is maybe the right thing to do. If they are questioning their their devotion to this cult and are like, I don't know what's happening, maybe give them a call. <laughs> Get some, get them some deprogramming. They they need to make the first step, but yeah, you know, 
like if they if they're like return yeah if they're like oh no did i did we are we the baddies then (laughs) then say yes and then try to help them if they don't then screw them no yeah get them out of here well a lot to think about but uh, i can hear the music so i think it's about time for us to wrap up this episode of civil (laughs) politics here on valley free radio uh but yeah, it's 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 nice to have a new administration, um, and I hope I'm not just a partisan lefty for saying that. You are, but it's true. <laughs> and from the Republican side, here here the bureaucracy's coming back in. Here we, yes. you know, back back to serenity and nothing really happening. But you know, that's just my opinion. <laughs> but at least people won't be screaming at each other. So that's well, a good thing. Oh. Let's hope, and we'll certainly have a lot to talk about still um, in in the years to come. But that's going to do it for Civil Politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. Uh, coming up next is Subculture, followed by Table of Contents at 10 and OK Asia at midnight. Uh, podcast of the show is going to be uploaded to the various streaming services over the weekend. We'll have a repeat airing on Monday at 4 in the afternoon. And, uh, you know, uh, let's hope... Uh, uh, the optimism and 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 new tone of the Biden administration carries us through for a long time to come. Let's see. Amen. That's right. All right. Well, that's been Civil Politics Nine of Valley Free Radio. Thanks for listening. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.